your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Monday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So welcome back to another week of this podcast, a big week especially for the Penguins. Remember, today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. You can go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that's at BiltBar.com. So yes, big week coming up for the Penguins. We will actually have five full episodes this week. I am back from my vacation. I'm probably not going on a vacation for... Um, at least a couple months now, um, I moved up my vaccine shot to this Thursday. So if you are not vaccinated, um, just sign up whenever, honestly, because I believe anyone that is in the United States now can make a vaccine appointment as early as today, especially um, if you are in Virginia. Anyone 16 and over in the state that I am in, which of course, like I said, is Virginia, you can now sign up anytime and get uh, your vaccine. But I have my first shot this Thursday, probably in the next few weeks, I'll have my second shot. So I'm excited for that. But you know, this is a hockey podcast. So let's get into it with what happened with the Penguins this weekend. They split the two games against the Buffalo Sabres. And yes, I knew as soon as the Penguins lost that second game to Buffalo, all the hot takes were going to come out. I'm here to tell some of you all that maybe listen to this podcast or some other people in the Penguins fan base, chill the fuck out. And, and I'm serious. Like people just need to get a grip. It is very hard, and I mean very, very hard, to go 8-0 against a singular team during a season. I mean, yes, I understand the Capitals went 8-0 against the Devils this year, but that is very hard to do. Penguins had won five straight against Buffalo, but also, if I may, Buffalo has won, I believe, six of their last ten games. They actually went into Washington and beat the Capitals by the same score they beat Pittsburgh yesterday, 4-2. to And that was on the road. This wasn't a game that they won in Buffalo. They went into Washington and kicked their asses. So, were there any hot takes from Caps fans after that game? I mean, maybe so, but it wasn't as bad as from what I saw yesterday. I mean, I saw some people in the fan base saying, well, you know, the Penguins got to have a grip on their playoff spot. It's like, they're still seven points up on the New York Rangers there's 11 games to go. There would have to be a full-on bona fide collapse during these last 19 uh, days that are left in the regular season for the Penguins to actually not make the playoffs. There really is no threat to them right now. Boston is most likely going to get in. Islanders are going to get in. And then Washington is going to get in. You know, Maybe the Rangers are trying to make a run, but they also just won four straight games against the Devils. And now the Penguins will have three straight games against them starting on Tuesday at PBJ Paints Arena before having two against Boston. So the, the points are there for Pittsburgh to bank these next three games. And the Rangers will face much stiffer competition over this next week. They're not going to be getting a lot of the, the Sabres and the Devils, I don't think, in their last uh, 10 to 11 games. So people just need to get a chill pill. I understand the effort level was not there yesterday. I mean, they've also struggled, I think, a lot in afternoon games. But still, I, you would have liked to see them play at least a little bit better yesterday. But also, three games in four nights, people. It's very hard to do. The schedule is so condensed this season. I mean, I remember when they lost to New Jersey in overtime at PPG Paints Arena. Everyone was like, oh, wow, you know, the Penguins really stunk in that game. And we should be really, you know, this is this is how you lose a playoff berth. After that, they went and won, I think, what, five in a row, basically had points in five, six straight games. I mean, they basically said, okay, whatever the parts of the fan base. And that's what I think they're going to do, do here as well. 
People just need to chill out. It is one game. It is not going to break through season. This is still a playoff team. And that's basically that. You know, they're not going to have many more games uh, during the home stretch of the season where they play that flat. And yes, I would, you have to give credit to the Sabres. They actually played hard after they got rid of Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, Brandon Montour, and a couple others. Some of their young players and even some of their veterans have actually decided to play hard. Don Granado has done a very nice job there as the interim head coach. It would not surprise me if he is their full-time head coach next season. He has that team playing hard. These kind of teams are not just going to wilt over and die. They were doing that under Ralph Kruger, but I think we need to have a talk about how they didn't want to play for Ralph Kruger, and I don't even think they gave a shit about playing under him. It was just that bad, and now they're playing more loose. It's more carefree, and you're seeing the results that are coming from Buffalo. I mean, they beat Philadelphia twice in the last couple weeks. They beat Washington, Boston. Now they beat Pittsburgh. So for all the other fan bases, maybe outside of Philadelphia, are they saying that the season's over and that the Penguins are not uh, the playoffs or, you know, the Capitals or the Islanders or whatever? No, they're not because all those teams are very comfortably in a playoff spot. So I really just had to take a few minutes and rant about that because this fan base is so freaking miserable 24-7, 365. I promise everyone it is going to be fine. They have three games up against the Devils this week who, you know, they played well in their last two before two massive games against Boston. Then they had the two big ones against Washington and then two against Philly. And then they actually closed the season against the Sabres and Pittsburgh. So the Penguins will still have an opportunity to potentially go 7-1 and against the Sabres this season, which is you know, pretty freaking good. If you can get 14 out of 16 points against a team in the division, I mean, they they got 12 out of 16 points against the Islanders this year, and they're one point ahead of them right now. They also got 12 out of 16 points against the Rangers. Imagine if the Penguins only went 4-4 and against the Rangers this year. It would be a lot closer of a race than it is right now with the Penguins, like I said, being seven points up. So it's okay. You know, I know a lot of people are going after Jason Zucker. I have an idea for a segment on one of my shows coming up. I think I'm going to have one person debate for him and then one person debating against him, especially as it goes for the expansion draft, because that's going to be a really interesting decision for the Penguins as that process gets closer. Because I actually think you can make a claim for both sides. I really do believe that. So I think I'm going to have that coming up maybe later this week or potentially next week. Just got to make sure both of the hosts, I mean, both of the people, excuse me, can come on at the same time. I did like his goal yesterday. It was a very nice shot past Tokarski, but everyone is going to remember the bad thing that happened with Zucker. And for some inexplicable reason, he decided to pass on a very easy 2-on-1 where he should have shot the puck. I mean, the Sabres were overplaying the pass so bad on that sequence, excuse me. And for some reason, Zucker thought that the pass was open and he made it. And of course, the play went the other way and the Penguin scoring chance was nullified. Um, if he would have shot the puck there, I really do believe that the Penguins would have gotten right back into that game. There's also a couple other moments in the game where, you know, you don't really see Sidney Crosby miss a tap-in the way he missed it. Basically, it was like five feet away from the net, and Sid just totally put it like five, ten to feet wide or something like that. Really something you don't see him miss very often. Excuse me. I think probably 90% of the time he scores on that. And I think if he does, it would have been a tie game, and who knows what could have happened after that. But, you know, overall, just with that game, not a good performance from the Penguins, but it's also not the end of the world. They still have the Sabres two more times they have the devils three times coming up as i've said probably five million times in the first seven minutes of recording this podcast no this is not doom and gloom they are still only one point out of 
second place. They are three points out of first place. And I get it. You know, this was a prime opportunity for the Penguins to get within a point of first place in the East Division with the game in hand on Washington. I totally get that. But also with the same, just speaking at the same time, does any everyone really want to play the Boston Bruins in the first round of the East Division playoffs? I mean, you'd probably hear crickets if you were speaking at a school or a show full of Penguins fans as, you know, they probably do not want to play Boston in the first round. You know, I'd much rather um, have my chances going up against the Islanders or the Capitals in the first round, preferably the Capitals. Honestly, I think the Penguins still match up against them really well, especially in at defense in goal. And I think the Penguins forward depth is also better than Washington's as well. But we're going to have more on this game coming up in the next segment. Well, a little more from this game coming up in the next segment because there really wasn't much else to write home about in this game. And we're also going to talk about Saturday's game um, a lot more in this episode as well. But before we do that, it is time to talk about Blue Nile. This episode is brought to you by 1010, which is a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points, and it's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful Beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I've actually been looking at a couple things from this for my girlfriend. You know, like I said, I really hope that she does not listen to this podcast episode as well as one from last week. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. In order to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. A um, couple more thoughts from Sunday's game before I switch to Saturday's game. Jeff Carter, again, looked awesome for the Penguins. Um, he's been on the ice for a lot more shot attempts for than shot attempts against, especially for scoring chances as well. Um, his first, what, three to four games have been rock solid. I think I retweeted a tweet today, um, yeah, from uh, Shari Irving of Penn's blog. Um, it's been three games, but when Jeff Carter is on the ice, um, the Penguins 5v5 course share is 65.9%. Um, the Penguins 5v5 expected goals for share, 67%. And he's been on the ice for two goals for and two goals against. That data is via Evolving Hockey, but uh, Danny had a great graph with it so yeah Carter's been really good since coming over from Los Angeles and I don't think it's going to be too long before we do see him get his first goal in a Penguin uniform but I thought he was a bright spot yesterday Casey DeSmith I thought he was fine definitely wasn't his best game you know his shutout streak against the Sabres ended up breaking just 26 seconds into the game and you know you knew it was going to be a long day for the Penguins especially after that emotional win on Saturday when they gave up a goal with not even basically 30 seconds into the game it was like well you know it's basically just going to be one of those games as you know Adam Gretz also tweeted that out I think 30 minutes into regulation you know basically just look like yep it's one of those days for the Penguins where your team doesn't have it every team goes through that and that's exactly what happened in this one uh said you know uncharacteristic like I said missing that wide open empty net Gensel, kind of uncharacteristically bad day from him as well. Brian Russ, same with him. Nice to see Teddy Bluger get back on the score sheet. I do think the team will need a little more from Zach Ashton Reese. I know he hasn't scored in a bit, but his underlying numbers are still very strong. I think he's going to continue to um, 
I think, get better, you know, especially as hopefully Brandon Tanev comes back um, by the playoffs. As for some other players, I thought Pedersen struggled again. I think he played that Reinhardt goal. I think it was the second one. Just bad positioning there. Really don't know what he was doing on that one. Um, and I think that's really it for Sunday's game. You know, I guess going to Saturday's game, what a first period it was for the Penguins. I mean, that was probably their best first period I think I've seen them play all season. Yes, I understand it is against the Sabres, but, you know, as I talked about, the Sabres have been really good these last 10 to 11 games, and they've been beating a lot of the top teams in the East Division. So yeah, this is not the same Sabres team that the Penguins destroyed for four games um, when Ralph Kruger was the head coach when they literally had no life in them. But other stuff from the Saturday game, Jared McCann gets his 12th goal of the season. Again, he's been a completely different player this year. I understand his shooting percentage is around 14 to 15%, but just look at his vision. Look at his ability to get to the high danger areas, his playmaking ability, his defensive um, plays in the defensive zone. It's been a complete 180 this year for McCann. And yes, I am on board the hashtag extend Jared McCann. He deserves to stay here for many years to come. He is a great complimentary player for this team, and I'm really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and for next season as well as, yes, he is still signed for one more year on that current contract. Jeff Carter in that game was also good. Again, he's, he's getting close to scoring. I, I feel it's coming really soon. It was also nice to see Evan Rodriguez get a goal against his former team. I've really liked Rodriguez's game um, the last three to four weeks. His underlying numbers have been strong. Um, his play in both zones has been strong. I've really never understood why some people in this fan base talk down on him really bad and think like, oh yeah, you can't have this guy in the playoff lineup. He sucks. He does nothing. I'm like, I think he's a perfectly fine 12th forward for this team. Yes, I get it. Radim Zohorna has been nice in that small sample, but if you're asking me right now between which two of those I would want in a seven-game series, I am going to take Evan Rodriguez. I think he is a perfectly fine bottom six player. Um, he, if you put him down there, like I said, it's okay. He's not playing in the top six with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. That was a stupid decision from Mike Sullivan. He deserved to get criticized for that. But, you know, this is a different world now where he's actually getting zone time in the bottom six, and he's doing the most with it, like I said, with his production. You know, maybe at times he, he should shoot a little bit more, but overall, these last three weeks, I've really liked his game, and he does deserve to be the 12th forward on this team when everyone is healthy. So good on him to get that goal. And then, of course, Brian Russ gets another goal for the season. I think that is now tied for the team league, team lead, excuse me, in goals with Jake Gensel. Russ has just been. Um, outstanding this season for Pittsburgh. I mean, I've talked about Brian Russ on this podcast um, way too many times now. He has one of the best valued contracts in the league, not just on the team, everyone, but in the league. His ability to get to the high danger areas, especially on the power play and score at will, is something to behold, and I've really liked his game um, this season, especially coming after last season where he led the team in goals with 27. People were a bit skeptical that he could... Um, I guess, continue that kind of production even in a shortened season, but he has done that and then some this season. He's turned into one of the best goal scorers on this team. And, and like I said, everyone, he's making $3.5 per on that contract. Now, if he, if he were to hit the open market after this season, he would probably command well over $5 million per season. That is how good Brian Russ has been these last two seasons. So again, really nice game from him. I thought it was a good game from Sidney Crosby as well. Crystal Tang played a fine game. Tristan Jari, I thought, was fine. I, mean, I didn't like that first goal that he gave up, after, especially after the Penguins took a 2-0 lead on Buffalo. I think Tage Thompson had his fourth goal in his last six games, but Jari was a little too aggressive, I thought, there, um, which allowed the five-hole to open up a little bit. 
as I think he kind of overplayed that. I think the second goal was just the victim of the Penguins' penalty kill being bad. And yeah, let's just talk about the Penguins' penalty kill. Um, I'm not going to go full in-depth on it. Um, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic did a great 11-minute video on his YouTube channel that I retweeted yesterday on my Twitter. If you want to see what a video breakdown looks like when it comes to the Penguins' PK, I highly suggest you, t you check out that video on his YouTube channel. You know, they do something what he likes to call a wedge plus one. It's basically like a triangle, um, three players um, protecting the high danger and the slot areas, and then the plus one, of course, is at the point just basically trying to cause havoc. But the big thing in there that Jason talks about is that, you know, they're just, they're missing their defensive assignments. So get, definitely go check out that video. Like I've said all along, there's a lot of puck watching in that wedge plus one system. They're not getting the players out of the net front area and they're just losing a lot of their defensive assignment at times as I just said which is leading to a lot of goals against on the PK obviously you would love if your goalie would help you out a bit but even in a lot of these circumstances Tristan Jari or Casey Smith can basically only watch as they are like I said they are just getting no help so the Penguins PK continues to be a disaster and I think Dan Hopper um, of his side tweeted this out um, during the game on Saturday if the Penguins continue to get this kind of penalty killing from their PK unit um, it is going to be um, a tough watch in the playoffs whenever they go shorthanded just because they've shown an inability to kill penalties on a consistent basis this year. I think that is their biggest problem right now with this team is that their PK is so bad. But, you know, they can still win with a top 10 power play. You know, the power play has been really good these last three to four weeks. But you still want the PK to be better than, you know, in the bottom third of the league, which is where it's been basically all season. So they got to clean a lot of this up during their last 11 games as the playoffs. Like I said, you know, there's only 19 days left in the regular season and the playoffs are basically three and a half weeks away. So yeah, they have a lot to clean up when it comes to this unit. Otherwise, I thought Jari was perfectly fine in that game. It was another solid start from him. His puck handling abilities are still pretty shitty. He's got to clean that up. But all in all, a good start from Jari and a nice win by the Penguins. Buffalo really made them earned that win in those last 90 seconds. They had some really nice zone time on that 6-5. There was a couple really nice plays that I liked from the Penguins, especially when it came to Teddy Bluger, that awesome chip off the wall, got out of the zone, I think with less than 30 seconds left, which almost solidified the win. Well, it basically did solidify the win. I know the Sabres had a couple face-offs with about 15, 10 seconds left in the game, but um, Bluger basically saved the day there with that awesome chip out of the zone where the Sabres had to regroup for a bit. But that was about the best I've seen the Penguins defend a 6-on-5 all year. And it was nice to get that win overall. But still, a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We are going to preview um, the three-game series against the Devils a little bit in the next segment. I'm actually going to have a crossover episode tomorrow with... Uh, the Locked On Devils host, who of course is Trey Matthews. He does a great job over there covering a team that is pretty bad. And you know, their offseason is going to get started pretty quickly here. So I kind of feel for him that he's going to have to do five episodes a week with a team that there's not going to be a lot to talk about. Um, that's for sure. But okay, before we do get to that next segment, it's time to talk about Bilt Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, six new ones. Cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake are a few of those. A few of the 12 originals, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, peanut butter, brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew you can lose or maintain maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat one of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream 17 grams of protein 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs you can go to billbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your next order at billbar.com 
Also cannot forget about BetOnline. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets in Serena sign up for. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sports experts with a promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I did say in that last ad read that college basketball is in full swing. No, it obviously is not, but the NBA and the NHL are obviously in full swing, but still go to betonline.ag for that promotion. But yes, big week coming up for the Penguins right now. Um, Three against the Devils. That'll be their final three times that they play the Devils this season. For whatever reason, the Devils just love to give the Penguins fits. I don't know what it is. Um, they just play hard against Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I know Pittsburgh is 3-1-1 and one and one against them. But they've had to work very hard in those three wins. You know, I remember that game that was, it was the 6-4 game. That was a 5-2, I think, 4-1 to one game at one point. And the Devils almost tied that game late in the third period. That is just how hard they were playing. And the other one that was 5-2, Pittsburgh was more in control of that one um, from start to finish, but in that 6-4 to four one, and then the, one, the other one that they won in Newark, um, they also lost in Pittsburgh in overtime to end their uh, previous three-game series against the Devils. They actually lost two of those three games. One of them was in Newark, one of them was in Pittsburgh to go 1-1-1 one and one and one, or 1-2 one and two against them, but still, really nice to get those last two wins against them to get to basically 3-2 and two on the season against them. If you go to Daily Faceoff and you look at their line combinations, um, Kukunen, Jack Hughes, and Sarangovich is their top line. Hughes needs no explanation. He's the former number one overall pick. I've said it on this podcast before. I think there's going to be a mini McKinnon breakout with him coming soon. I've really liked his game this season, and you just got to surround him with more help. Sarangovich, I think, is turning into a nice player. Um, it, it is good to see Nico Heischer back in the lineup just because he's been banged up so much this season. I think he's one of their... I mean, obviously he's one of their better players, but I think he's their best defensive forward on this team. Andreas Janssen is their uh, second-line left winger. Miles Wood, he's still a damn good player. I would love to have Miles Wood on the Penguins any day of the week. Um, Nick Merkley, Nolan Foote, I think he was just called up to the main squad, if I'm not mistaken. So it would be curious to see how he plays against Pittsburgh in those three games. He's been a pretty highly touted player. Um, For the defense, Ty Smith. He's a stud. I would love to have Ty Smith on the Penguins. It's nice to see P.K. Subban having a little bit of a bounce back here. Ryan Murray is still there. Damon Severson. And then in goal, I think it is going to be Mackenzie Blackwood for all three games. Scott Wedgwood is the backup. I know Aaron Dell started in the game against the Rangers. But I think that game was a back-to-back. Like I said, we're probably going to see... um, Mackenzie Blackwood for those three games against the Penguins. And then for Pittsburgh with their goaltending, I think you're going to see Jari go on Tuesday. You're going to see him go on Thursday. And because the Penguins had have a back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday, you're probably going to see Casey DeSmith go up against the Devils on Saturday before starting Jari against the Bruins on Sunday. And yes, everyone, the Penguins do have another two afternoon matinee games this coming weekend. I know it has been their nemesis for a lot of the season, but you know, some of the playoff games are afternoon games, so they better start playing well in afternoon games or you know they're gonna be kind of up a creek as the playoffs come closer. But overall, like I said, this is 
This should be six points for the Penguins as they want to secure a playoff spot. If they are able to win these three games, they wouldn't get to six and one and one or six and two against the Devils this season, which would be, you know, obviously awesome. You know, getting 11 combined wins thus far versus the Sabres and Devils is a big boost to your playoff chances. And you combine that with the Rangers, that would be 17 of your wins against three teams that are on the outside looking in. That would just be ginormous for the Penguins' playoff chances. We'll have to see if Kasperi Kapanen potentially comes back this week. I know Ron Hextall said he's about 10 to 14 days away. As of this recording, he said that last Monday. So we could see him back later this week or we could see him back a week from today. But I think Kasperi Kapanen is getting close to making a return. And as for Malkin, I'm not really sure, but it is getting close to the point where you know time is of the essence for him to make his return uh, before the playoffs be and as Ron Hextall said I do not believe Brandon Tanev is going to be coming back but you know always got to look out for Jack Hughes, Sarangovich, Ty Smith, hopefully Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't turn on a heater and you know the Penguins take care of business as they have thus far against the Devils this season um, this will be a very successful week as like I said this will be the first three games of a five game homestand for the Penguins as they have seven of their final 11 games at PPG Paints Arena but that'll do it for this episode of the podcast I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. Tomorrow's episode, like I said, it'll be the crossover with Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils. And then I will have a recap of the first game against the Devils on Wednesday before uh, the Thursday episode, which will be recapping the game um, from Thursday after the game. And then Friday, um, it'll be probably previewing the game on Saturday, but also maybe doing a Bruins game preview as they play them on Sunday, then on Tuesday. But like I said, thank you all so much for listening to this one, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow.